and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Westchester County, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. Got the whole crew back together today, everybody. You know him in the top right corner there. The number one jet fan in the state of Texas, my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everybody. You know it. What's good? Mike, what's up? Um, the number one high school football coach in the nation is back in the building. So I just got to introduce him real quick. Sammy O'Hare, what's up, man? What's going on, Jet Nation? And the greatest football tight end to ever lace up a pair of cleats and pop some pads on, the big Wookiee, Nick Cronk, in the building. Nick, what's going on? What is up, everybody? How you doing tonight? I, lo- I like how your hair looks. I like how it looks like it's a little bit frizzed out right in the middle look. It always- that look looks like Gene. Like, you would look at this guy and be like, that guy's hair is wild, but he's probably smart as fuck. Um, let me just get into it, guys. Normally, Friday this late in the week isn't when we do the pod a lot going on this week. Mike, can you turn the music down just a little bit? Um, yes, sir. Early in the week isn't when we be doing the pod, but Mike had a lot going on. I had a lot going on. We know the jet season's over anyway. You know, guys? So it's not going to be the most exciting podcast in the world. We're going to talk about Jet Dolphins briefly because, look, it's been a little while since the game. You've heard everybody's opinions in the world about it. You don't want to hear about that garbage game anymore. But a few things to touch on in that game. Obviously, LaFleur getting fired this week. Um, Benton getting fired this week. We know we let go of uh, a few other people in the mix there, guys. Robert Sala's press comments had a lot of points we want to get into. We're going to give you guys our playoff picks. Before we do all that, happy to have you back, Sammy. Happy to have you back to Wolf. I know a lot's been going on with you guys, too, lately. Um, the Jets Dolphins game, look, it was 11-6. to no touchdowns were scored, I don't think, the whole game. It was just as bad a football game as you're going to see when you see zero tees from both teams. Jets had zero touchdowns their final three games of the year. Four touchdowns their final six games. Only 187 yards in this game. Now, look, Joe Flacco's out there. The offensive line the past two two weeks has been just a complete shambles. You saw what they threw out there this week, guys, was a bunch of players that normal Jets probably wouldn't even know off the top of their heads for, for a lot of those guys out there. Um, so it was tough, man, but the game was a debacle from the beginning. And still, you're looking at the game, and it's 9-6 right there in the fourth quarter. And you had the ball, and you have a chance to go tie the game. And we know what happened with that with the safety and everything. Um, that was disastrous. 1.9 yards rushing in this game. So we're not going to belabor how this game went. Another disappointing one, although the defense played pretty well. But what's more important was the result. That was the sixth loss in a row to finish the season off, man. And we talked about some of these other – collapses as seasons have gone on it's very rare a team loses a team that's in the position they were in i should say at seven and four goes on to then lose six games in a row the way they did didn't matter if we had mike white in there or zach wilson or joe flacco all of them lost all of them lost guys and the jets finished seven and ten disappointing season a lot to get into here guys uh we're gonna talk lafleur in a moment but just real quick mike the game sunday 
I mean, I don't know what there else is to say about the game. It kind of went in a disappointing fashion, but um, what do you think about the performance? The defense played decent, but the offense obviously was stagnant once again. What were your takeaways from that game before we move on here, Mike? Uh, what is there to take away from? It was a terrible offensive game. Both teams really couldn't move the ball. They had issues on both sides. One of the biggest takeaways I did take is, is um, Sauce Gardner in Tyreek Hill's grill. Uh, let him know what the deal is. My boy, all pro, cornerback as a rookie, holding it down for the Jets. Okay? I, I thought the first, that was... Mike, the first all pro cornerback rookie in 41 years. Just had to throw that in. Didn't want to interrupt you, Mike. Please continue. Before I forget, because I will add that Jet fan so they know that. That's right. So I thought the secondary, I thought the defense played uh, decently, but obviously, look, Joe Flacco, the offense. And I think me and Keith discussed this, um, and we said that this game was important for jobs. It was important to save face. It was important to hold Robert Sala's world the way he wished to hold it. Because if they came out flat and they performed the way they did, heads were going to roll and heads rolled. And we were exactly correct. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the defense, its they only scored 11 points, the Dolphins, but ran for 162 yards in this game. Guys, listen to this. Dolphins ran for 162 in that last game versus the Jets. Seattle ran for 198 versus us. The Jaguars ran for 147. That's the last three games of the year right there, guys. So that's 507 yards right there in the final three games. Now, just to put that in perspective for Jet fans in the squad right here, Jets gave up 2,000 68 yards rushing on the whole season. So they gave up a quarter of the entire season's worth of rushing yardage in the final three games. Think about that. 500 of the 2,000 yards basically came in the final three games. So as good as the defense was, man, it just seemed like teams just adjusted to, okay, we're just going to run on them. Because you can't pass on the Jets because of how good sauce is and the coverage has been right at the top of the league when it comes to passing. Um, they were able to gash us in the run game this week. It just like Jeff Wilson's running the ball over us. Are you serious? Mostert. All of a sudden, these guys are tremendous. And you know it's coming, which is what made it a little more frustrating because Scott Thompson can't do anything, guys. Um, that, was, that was tough. Sammy, let me ask you what you think. I mean, the game itself, I want to know what your opinion on that is, but also the way the defense has played the last three weeks. I think more of the cause why we've been struggling, Sammy, has been to me the offense. But the three biggest games of the year, two of them, they, they played pretty bad. In this game, they didn't necessarily play bad, but they got eaten up on the run game. What do you think about the defense towards the end of the year here, Sam? Yeah, so offensively, just quick, like, Salah's all about all gas, no breaks. Those dudes were in park or in dead stop traffic on, the, <laughs> on, like, an L.A. highway. I don't know what happened there. But defensively, I think what you saw was just an overcommitment to pass rush, right? Like, for years, all you heard from the Jets was their big issue is edge. Can you get edge pressure? Can you get edge pressure? Can you get edge pressure? And it seemed like the rotation worked really well, but I, I felt like for the majority of the season, some of these running backs that shouldn't have been getting yards got yards on us. I know it wasn't a lot, but it was more than I would have expected. Um, and even in totality, some of those games, the running back got 70, but the quarterback got another 30, right? So they're still at a total over 120 yards, whatever it is. So um, I'd like to see them like, package our defensive players a little bit better right and like spread that wealth out keep a couple of your one stoppers in but put your edge rushers in better positions um i thought the defense played great overall i mean mosley had a great year q had a great year sauce obviously pro bowl all pro like that kid's crushing <coughs> and i do have to say because we haven't talked about it 
Garrett Wilson's also a problem, right? Because yeah. it, it, for the past, those whole three games that we kept losing, Garrett Wilson was the only one just yeah. putting work in. It didn't matter who was throwing him the football either. He was yeah. just open, making great plays, getting creating awesome space. Um, so I just wanted to say that as well. Yeah, sure. And I think uh, we I forgot to mention too, we, like I said, Sauce, first corner in 41 years to be on that all-pro first team. And Quinn Williams, our boy, also made it. Now, I don't I don't know if there's anybody who's more overlooked by the casual NFL fan than a Quinn and Williams. He's all pro first team, and most people don't even know who he is. Um, CJ Mosley on the second team there, guys. So I want to give those guys a quick shout-out. And I agree with everything you said there, Sammy. I mean, it seemed like at the end of the year, um, a lot of things, they just kind of ran out of gas. I mean, the defense looked like they were still doing some things good. Sauce is still playing well. The past, past defense was still decent. But the run defense was just atrocious. That's even with Q in there. That's even with alternating our defensive lines, you know. And nothing was working, Sammy, when it came to that run defense, no matter what we did. Yeah, I think what you saw, too, was a reaction to the offensive play. So, like, that aggression and sort of, like, um, push to want to win those football games at the at the line of scrimmage, because that's where they're won and lost ultimately, yeah. just wasn't there because the offense didn't do anything for weeks, you know. That's true. That's true. I mean, the offense, like we said, we went through some of these numbers and we're just going to get into it now. So, look, we know how the season ended. Disappointing 7-10 uh, and 10 season. I mean, after four wins last year, oh, man, seven wins is, I mean, it's an improvement. But when you're 7-4, and four, it doesn't feel like one, does it, guys? Because you lose the last six games of the year. Uh, but, like, let me ask you, look, the end of the year here, the Jets, no touchdowns the final three games of the year. Even if you have... Uh, you know, compromised offensive line. If you have some of the weapons the Jets have, I'm not saying we have the top-level weapons in the NFL, Wookie, but Gary Wilson's pretty good. Tight ends are pretty decent. The running backs, you know, I know they're not – we don't have Hall in there right now. Maybe we don't have another name-brand guy, but they're pretty decent. No touchdowns the last three games in the situation where it's the three biggest games of the year. You think that was enough right there for the Florida Loses job, book? I think that's probably what, what tipped it over. If they were uh, on the fence about it before, you know, coming down the stretch, that definitely did it. I mean, it's not like, uh, all right, so the, the quarterback situation wasn't the greatest towards the end of the year, but yeah. th- those three guys, well, I don't know about Zach because I think he's just broken now. But the other two guys you had in there, they've all won games for you. They've all, you know, ran the offense. So when the defense has to be out on the field a lot, I think that's why they might have struggled a little bit in a couple of games down the stretch. Overall, I, I like I said in the beginning of the year, I think they're going to be a top five, top three defense for a while. And if you can get just some consistent offensive play from a quarterback, it's amazing how quick I think the team will turn around. Yeah, I think LaFleur and Benton um, and Austin, who got canned too, that might have been for some, he has some off the field issues going on with the betting stuff. That might have played into that. But I have not forget about this. I want to hear what Sam says too, because we knew something was going to happen here. Six games in the road to end season, uh, someone's getting fired. A lot of times it's the coach. And I know Robert Salah was in, you know, a tricky place here because I know him and LaFleur have a, a tight relationship. We'll get into Salah's press conference in a moment. But Mike, going through some of these numbers where we rank this year, towards the bottom in most things also, we made marginal improvement offensively. That's even with those Mike games and some pretty decent games from Zach. A few of those decent games at the beginning of the year. But, Mike, did you think this move was necessary at this point right now for this team to continue to grow moving forward? Um, I'm a little torn. <clears throat> I thought that uh, LaFleur definitely didn't have um, 
wasn't given the best weapons uh, to succeed, obviously, with the quarterback situation, with the offensive line being hurt. But I just see this kid, um, I, and I call him a kid. He he's smart. He understands. He just he didn't have new to me. He didn't have the nuance needed, the experience needed for playing call playing. I felt like he had a great assortment of designs that when executed properly with the right personnel went well but a lot of times i don't think he he like understood the feel of the game there were times where garrett wilson caught a pass for 17 yards we really needed to push the ball and then the next thing he does a run with ty johnson for no game yeah like what are you doing dude like you know we just made a big game let's keep moving the clock let's put guys out in space Let's, yeah. Like he wouldn't, it, it, so I felt like that he had some inexperience there. Um, and if you have a young rookie quarterback, I think if he was around a guy like Aaron Rodgers or another veteran quarterback, he would have had a better chance. So I'm, I think I'm okay with the change. If you're going to make a change now, we know Zach Wilson is not going to be the quarterback starting next year. We know that based on Woody Johnson's comments about quarterback being the missing piece and ready to spend yes. money so we know sure. the quarterback's changing so if you're gonna change the orchestrator now would be the time okay yeah. and so you know look so, look guys let's just be real about things sala and jd's job is on the line next year don't 100%. i don't want to don't listen to anything anyone else said i can guarantee you this if they don't make the playoffs or if they're not like significantly better than what they have showed this year on offense they're gone. Now, the reason why Salah's job is protected right now is because of how well the defense improved. 185 points less given up is the second largest rate uh, gain improvement of a defense in NFL history, according to uh, ESPN's Rich Smini. That alone, Jet fans... is why Robert Salah is still here today. Yeah. Okay? And you can't... Let's not knock like the truth yes he got tools he got players and it's all about talent you got to have talent the offense has talent but it doesn't have talent in the most important places where offensive line got hurt and the quarterback is trash so we need a new <laughs> quarterback i mean it was tr abysmal trash like our quarterback situation is the worst in the league bart make no mistake worst in the league so i mean once we get an upgrade there we get a better offensive line right then this new offensive coordinator, whoever he's going to be, and we can talk through it, um, I think we'll have some success. So to get back to your ask, yes, I think this was the best move at this time, Keith. Yeah, we'll be breaking. I mean, guys, we'll probably be doing a whole podcast on who we think that OC is going to be, and we'll get into that. This is more of just kind of we're taking a breath here, taking it all in after the season ended. We'll break that down in detail as we move forward. Mike, one thing you said that um, I think people overlooked was that statement by Woody. Which, if you just read between the lines, what Mike, what Woody said, guys, is that Zach's not the dude. Um, he pretty much just said that. Whether they have any type of, you know, right wing MAGA connection or not, guess what? Um, you're gone, bro. <laughs> according to the coach, according to the owner, guys. And the, what it comes down to, guys, when, with an offensive coordinator, and you know, Sammy, you're you are a head coach. You can speak to this better than any of us. Is just if if it's a big moment in the game, and for say say you call an ending around, right, and it works, you're the greatest genius of all time you are everyone's like this guy thinks outside the box this is the greatest play call i've ever seen same play same moment doesn't work you are the biggest moron 
who's ever been a coordinator, right? So, and that's one example. All that matters with coordinators is, are the plays you're calling working? Now, I look, Sammy thought a little bit differently, but earlier in the year, I felt like Zach's wasn't playing well, but also what LaFleur was telling him was going to be there on a play. If this reads out there, look, look to the second guy, he'll be here. It wasn't there for him. And I think Zach's development here, or lack thereof, some of that goes on the OC and what you're handing him. I think some of that's his fault. I think some of the the way they manage games, guys, like even um, the, the second time, excuse me, the first time we played the Patriots, we lost that game 22-17, tight game. Not, not the second time when Zach was highest level of trash. The first time, 22-17, we lost that game. Guys, in that game, we threw the ball 41 times. We ran it 15 times. I mean, you want to talk about being unbalanced. All these close games you looked at, I looked at the Minnesota game where we only lost by five points. We threw the ball 58 times in the game, and we ran it 24 times. We were actually being pretty effective with the run. The Lions game was 34-22, and that second Bills game, we threw it 47 times to 22 times. Now, I'm not saying that the game script isn't going to dictate how you call plays. Of course it is. But I picked out specifically close games to give you examples here, guys. All these games are close. These are games we lost by seven points, five points, five points, and three points. I mean, these are these are tight games right here where you saw him fall in love with the pass, whether it was Zach Wilson or Mike White. He seemed to call a similar type of approach where you have to adjust to the QB you have in there. You can't just go, this is how my offense is. I don't care if it's Zach or Mike White. Not that he didn't make small adjustments, but when you, when you dig into it, it, like Mike said, man, it just doesn't seem like he understood the flow of the game when things were working it was very quick. It, our offense, especially the second half of the year, guys, where the first half of the year with Bruce Hall, we, we worked a little bit better. Salah pointed out in his press conference, 14th in points scored offensively when Bruce Hall was there. We're right at the bottom of the league now. I think we're 29th in scoring. But the way they finished, guys, they finished ranked 25th in to- total offense and, ironically enough, 25th in passing, 25th in rushing. So that'll, those are marginal improvements from last year. So I do think this was a necessary move here, guys. I, there's some names being talked about. Um, replacements, which we'll get into. I don't know if I know some people said Lafleur wasn't the problem, but I, I think, like Mike said, they're going to be bringing a new quarterback in here. So now's the time to get that new OC in with him, work in lockstep. You know who your quarterback is. Hopefully by April at the latest, you have your OC and he'll be in here before that, getting his game plan in. Um, I think that's the best case scenario for us guys. Now, did you guys happen to see um, any of Robert Sala's press conference? Not that it was overly sensational, guys, but um, he got a gun when they started the press conference and he was asked about the situation we're speaking about right now, which is firing LaFleur. His response was that he wanted to give him chances to follow other opportunities. Yeah, he was being, I get it. He was being, I, know, I get it, Mike. It was like, it's a master, he's a good friend. They're really good friends. If Mike had to fire Keith and he was asked about it in front of the planet of Earth, he probably would be nice about it. You know, that's just the way it would be. We're friends. So I get it. But man, it was like so funny because the New York reporters, like, they just don't let you off the hook. And they're like, well, well, you fired him. So you must not think he's doing his job. Um, that that was that was interesting. I know Woody Johnson came out this week too. And we'll get back to the press conference. Mike, he did say this this move here was Robert Salah's decision. Woody made sure to clarify that, that he's not involved in any of that type of stuff. Um, but what do you think here, Mike? I mean, not that he said anything too crazy. He pretty much said all the things you want to hear from the coach. Um, but he fired three coaches. Robert Salah stays. 
He's going to be heading next year as the as the head uh, the head coach. Him and Joe D hopefully bring a good staff here. What do you think about the press conference? Do you have any takeaways from that, Mike? Mike, you're on mute. Yeah, my my takeaways from the press conference from Salas, JD, and from uh, Woody Johnson's is that what happened this year was in some ways positive. Um, but the biggest uh, takeaway was that the offense wasn't good enough and um, there needs to be changes. And, yeah. and I think that Robert Sala highlighted that. And I know he was trying to be graceful and careful on how he, he talked about Michael floor, but the problem with the jets has always been the same problem. The offense. Yeah. It always has been our whole life. It's yeah. never the defense. It's always the offense. <laughs> It's just an ongoing theme. It's an ongoing theme and they got to get it right. And so uh, I think Joe Douglas, you know, he was um, positive around the the rookies that were able to show themselves out this season. Um, And he and they all talked about Zach Wilson and how, you know, he's going to work hard. But let's not beat around the bush. Um, We all know that Zach is not it and he never will be. Uh, with this franchise, at least nope. I don't see it. And I don't think that people in the building see it. And I don't think Woody Johnson sees it. So, hey, that's that's what happens. You strike and now you just have to go figure yeah. out how you're going to um, deliver on that. And that's what Woody, you know, what they were talking about in the future. Um, I think that in front of us, guys, we got some good options for quarterback. And Woody Johnson did say that, but also... Remember, at the end of the season, Quinn and Williams said to the media, I deserve a contract extension. And if I don't get a contract extension, but um, I'm not showing up to OTAs, which I understand. And he's an all pro and he deserves it. Right. Yeah. Um, So he's going to be looking to get paid. Maybe not Aaron Donald money, but close around there. Um, so we're going to have to pay him and we're going to, there's some major decisions that we're going to need to make coming up here in, in the, in free, you know, in the off season, do we want to hold Corey Davis? Do we want to keep Lake and Tomlinson, Carl Lawson, you know, and we're going to be going through all that with you guys, you know, in, 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 in essentially what players we think we should cut regarding the cap. But what I will say is everyone is focused on signing back Quinn and Williams. So am I, so am I, but I have. A view of this and Sammy and and Wookie I kind of said this to Keith and I got his um, opinion real quick but I haven't seen this on on Twitter I haven't seen this anywhere so I'm gonna ask you guys what you think about this um I know most likely the best choice for us from a quarterback perspective is to get a Derek Carr to get a Jimmy Garoppolo to get a Lamar Jackson would probably be the best so I'm gonna move Lamar out of this conversation but Going with a Jimmy G and a Derek Carr, look, they have flaws. They're good quarterbacks. They're much better than what we ever had, but they have flaws. And if they wouldn't be, you know, free agents if they didn't have the flaws that they had, right? So instead of spending all of that money on a quarterback that, you know, who knows with the defense, how well we're going to do, we know we we know what we did when we tra- traded away Sam Darnold, right? We got a bunch of picks back. We got some of the great players that you see today. Traded Jamal Adams, AVT, Garrett Wilson, right? Absolute blocks of, of, of value that we were able to get in the draft. 
Quinn and Williams wasn't drafted by JD. Quinn and Williams is a fan favorite. We love him. He's a great guy. If we were to trade him to a team that needs him, like the Chicago Bears, at the number one pick, and we jumped into the number one pick and took a quarterback that we believed in, what do you think of that? Go ahead, Sammy, because I spoke about this with Mike a little bit. I'm dying to hear what you got to say about that scenario. <laughs> I mean, I, I, can, I understand it, right? But I don't know if that's the route I go. Like, I, I'm hard-pressed to take a guy like Q who you know he's got at least four or five pretty solid years ahead of him of playing that position and then taking another chance where I feel like, I don't know. I think people forget like dudes like Aaron Rodgers, probably Jordan Love when he comes in, he's going to be nice because he sat and learned from Aaron Rodgers forever. Um, but I think there's something really to like giving Zach like three or four years to sit on the bench as well and, and rocking out with one of those vet QBs and seeing what you could do. Because Jimmy G wins games, and I think Jimmy G secretly is kind of elite. And, like, like yeah, he gets injured a lot, but when he's healthy, that dude wins football games um, pretty regularly. Um, so I don't, I don't know if I give up all that capital with Q just to get the one pick because I don't – these quarterbacks are good, but they're not – it's not Trevor Lawrence. It's not Andrew Luck, right? Like, I don't think any of those guys are at that level. So maybe maybe the year with Trevor Lawrence, if we put us in that scenario, maybe I trade Q and get the one pick and go get a guy like that. Um, but in this draft, I don't really see the QBs being that um, kind of elite next level. So I don't know if I'd give up my elite defensive tackle for a question mark. Yeah, no, I hear you. I, I see a Braden says here, getting rid of Michael Floor and Benton allows more opportunity to go after someone like Lamar Jackson and Jimmy Garoppolo. So. I think most of uh, the fans will probably agree with you, but I, no, he said go after someone like Lamar Jackson over Jimmy Garoppolo because he thinks. He oh, did he say that? Yes, he did. Yeah, over someone like. I mean, Jimmy I was going to oh, touch on this. There you go. Yeah. Oh, I'm reading, bro. Uh, I think I was if you can touch trade on you for him, go for it. I mean, oh. That's a, that's, oh. I mean, that's, that's a no brainer. <laughs> now we've had a lot of people, and Mike, I want to get back to your point. One second, your, your Quinnen trade, and we, I will comment on that. I will say this. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Whoa! Oh my God! See, you could go nuts right now. I didn't even think about what. You and get Lamar oh, Jackson. Shit. That, that I do in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. They'd have to probably shit. they'd have to probably include uh, some first round draft picks as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, but would you do that, Keith? But you'd have significantly um, less you'd give up draft wise. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. Keith. I mean, you know, obviously you make that move. But the the to get and like what Braden was mentioning a moment ago to go after someone like Lamar. It's I think this is kind of lost in the sauce with a lot of Jets fans. And we've had this discussion with many Jet fans this week, Mike. Lamar Jackson is can be franchise tagged by the by the Baltimore Ravens. Right. So the chance is he even say he doesn't want to sign with them and he's he could just be franchise tagged. Um he hasn't been franchise tagged before, so there's nothing you can really do about it. If you get franchise tagged twice, they can't do it a third time. I know that. Um, but he hasn't been tagged yet. So um they're gonna probably work out a long-term deal. And this is what I'll say to everybody. Tell me, think of the examples of a quarterback that elite gets to the end of his rookie contract and goes to a different team. Who's the guy? Doesn't happen. So to, I, I'm not, I don't want to burst people's bubbles. It's nice. Hopefully, I'll, guys, just so Jet fans know, I'm actively on Ravens blogs trying to cause problems, trying to get everyone, Lamar, you should leave. 
Just look at this. See, look at the distance. I'm on there. I'm putting working. I don't know what you guys are up to, Jet fans. I'm putting work to drive the wedges. Okay, guys like Russian spybots from Europe, bro. I'm, I'm doing it. But um, I don't think Lamar Jackson is realistic. But the thing about the team I want is that Salah said scheme. The, the, you know how he wanted to do this 49ers scheme with the Jets? He, that's not going to affect who he hires as the offensive coordinator. He's open to anything. So I wanted to hear that. That was a good point from the press. But Mike, back to your notion here with Q. Um, I think that Jets, I don't know if Jet fans are would be excited about. And now I'm not, I shouldn't say that. I'll speak for myself. I would think about a rookie quarterback here on squad. Because I think that the team is ahead of schedule in the sense that the skill position players on offense, all rookies play well and probably I thought they would be. Sauce is going to be defensive rookie of the year. He's an all pro. Second team all pro for Mosley. Q is that rock in the middle. How does that defense look without Q? We don't know that hypothetical, but is the defense nearly as scary to play against that Quinn Williams is there? Not really. You can make up for it. And obviously an elite quarterback, there's no comparison to that. Well, but you yeah. don't know, you don't know what these rookies are gonna be, Mike. So I know so, you want to bring in a to go with the rookie and let him rock, stuff like that. But I think that and they showed here that if they just had a competent quarterback every single week, when Mike White was healthy, he was that. Um, they could win and they could play offensively pretty well in this league. And when they don't, which they, they didn't most of the year, um, their offense is towards the bottom. So I don't know, Mike. I think it's – I'd rather go with something next year that I know. Like Jimmy G, I'm not saying Jimmy G is the greatest quarterback in the world, but like if you look at his statistics, he's almost at 100 QB rating and his win-loss record is pretty crazy. You know, elite, man. So Sneaky. it is what it is. And like that is what we needed this year on our team. Now, what does Jimmy G? What type of team does Jimmy G play for? A team that plays good defense, check. We got that, right, guys? They have good skill position players at wide receiver, check. We got that. We have a better running back than they have on their entire team. So why couldn't he come to our team and be even more successful? You know, Derek, yeah. Carr, Derek Carr would be my number two, Mike. After that, I think Jimmy G's my number one option. Carr would be two. And I'm not saying what you're saying is crazy, but to say you do bring, say they were able to get Garoppolo. And draft some monster offensive linemen at 13. Or yeah, yeah. I mean, and we have all the defense back and we're healthy. I think we're in a better position short term. But like Mike, I think. So so the only, the reason why I have pause and the only reason why I thought of this situation is because of what JD said. They asked JD, hey, Quinnen feels like he should deserve an extension. Is the plan to give him an extension? And he said... We're going to do what's best for this team. That was his answer. Yeah, well, so when he, he says stuff point. like that, like yeah. I'm like, ooh, because I remember with Jamal, he was like, we, Jamal's going to be a, a jet but, for life. That one of the things that one of the things Jamal would bring up over and over and over and over again was that you said because remember the one time Joe Douglas was asked this same question about Jamal, his answer was yes, right, and then. Down the line, this emo, soft as baby shit human, every time did an interview said, oh, Joe Douglas said he would give me a contract. I said, you guys saw the press conference. Now, everybody knows that a GM is going to just say what the most, they kind of give generic uh, answers, right? stock answers. So I think this time, Mike, what he did was go, let me give a, basically a non-answer, which is what he didn't say. And I, I, don't even, I don't even disagree with you. I think Joe Douglas would trade Quinn and Mike. I think he's open. Because what you said this earlier in the show, him... And Robert Sala, they're not guaranteed to be actively running this team after next. Season. 
Mike said that before and Mike was correct. Next year is make or break. Especially, I mean, there's no way Rob Montella has a bad year and continues on to another year. That's not happening. For Joe Douglas especially, it's make or break, guys. I think for him and, um, man, that's, it's just crazy how things worked out towards the end of the year and kind of fell apart and kind of where we're at. The thing we're talking about, I think after week 11, at seven and four, these are not conversations we thought we were going to be having right now, guys. <laughs> when it comes to the Jets and the squad, man, it's just so disappointing. Can I throw a couple things at you that I didn't like about the New York reporters that they said in the press conference? You can tell they were trying to bait our boy, Robert Sala. One thing was um, they asked about the difference between Jeff Olbers last year. Didn't have a great year as a defensive coordinator. They don't fire him. He comes back this year. The defense is great. And they go, well, what's the difference with him and him and LaFleur? He didn't have a great year. And I'm like, I'm like, and, and Salah's answer was, was a really good answer because obviously the circumstances are completely different. One guy had coached a season. The other guy has coached two entire seasons. Like it was, they were trying to just to get him to, I don't know, to out himself or make himself look bad in some way. Oh, you're letting LaFleur go, but you didn't let Olbrich go. And what I like was when they asked them about the offensive coordinator position, the way they phrased it was that this is not an attractive place to coach. Now, I'm not saying historically the Jets are some great franchise, but in 2023, next year, when you walk into the NFL season and you look at this squad, who just had a home run in the draft, has all these good young players, good players on defense, tremendous skill players on offense. Just Let's just stick to the offense for a second. Um, they have good tight ends. They have good wide receivers, decent running backs. Bruce Paul's tremendous guys. They have a lot of people on offense that were really effective. Mike White was in there. Um, why do you think that the media try to phrase it that way? You think they just get solid? He always plays so close to the vest. I feel like they were out to get him today, Mike. Or yesterday, I should say. Yeah. I, I yes, I think I think the media is always out to get some sort of rise. I mean, you know, Rich Samini asking questions and got um, our boy Elijah Moore to flip out when he was like, "Well, yo, you got zero <laughs> catches or whatever," and he flipped out. So yeah, they're always there because they're always looking for stories, and that's that's the hard part about the Jets, man. We're in a media. the The fans are 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 very passionate. We're very we we haven't had success, so it's really you know there isn't patience here. Okay, so so Salah, nope. look, he's uh, all gas, no break. Well, the team ran out of gas about three weeks ago, bro. So uh, next year, you're going to have to, you made some changes, understood. I'm glad to see that, you know, the, if this was your decision that you have recognized that you need to make changes, it's not easy to do. And um, you understand that the offense is really what we need. And uh, JD, I need you to get us a quarterback. I said it on the on the show two weeks ago. You just got you guys got to answer the bell on the quarterback on the offense so we can get in the damn playoffs, please, sir. Yeah, and I do have to cap a Salah in this regard that uh, I mean, and Mike mentioned too, and it's I know, and I was down on the defense the last three weeks, the rushing defense especially, but the jump they made from last season to this season it's historic in the NFL. That's like it's very rare. Mike Mike mentioned it earlier, but teams don't go from thirty second to third in a season. Just by making a few draft picks, you got to something has to be instilled over time that worked. And I think Salah was able to do that defensively, not so much offensively. Um, season ended on a down note, guys. But look, we'll be here every single week, still banging out AEBGs. Anything that Jets related, we'll be here to talk about. What we want to chop up about now, though, real quick, is the NFL playoffs. Oh, we'll be, playoff, be doing playoff shows each week and talking about the Jets like we always do. Last year, Sammy was the playoff champion, ran with the Bengals hard. Bengals doing the Super Bowl, but they got friendly. Um, I'm interested to see what everybody thinks this year, guys, because, man, this is – when I sat down and, you know, started pondering, guys, this is pretty wide open. 
Um, I don't know. There's teams that, of course, are tremendous teams, the, the, the Eagles and, and Kansas City. But, man, there's some other good teams in there. And there's even teams that are lower seeds that I think are pretty good. So we're going to give you our playoff picks here and then get out of here for the week, guys. Thank everybody for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Let's go with the Wolf first. And patiently wait to let us know how it take out. Let's go with the first round to start off with Wolf. Who do you have one of our games this weekend? All right. Um, this weekend, so we, um, I've got so that's Jacksonville and the Chargers. I got uh, I got uh, Jacksonville moving forward. Okay. In this game, I think they're playing much better at the right time. Not that the Chargers aren't a uh, tremendous challenge, which I think I think it's going to be an offensive, offensively a really good game. Yeah. Um, I think they're both going to be slinging it, but I think Jacksonville takes this one. All right. Jacksonville. And then. Uh, what's uh, which which one do you want me to do next here, Keith? Let's go right through AFC. What about Cincinnati Baltimore? Welcome. Oh, all right, Cincinnati Baltimore. I like Cincinnati as well here. I think they're on a run as well. Uh, the talent on that offense is undeniable when they're you know when they're clicking. I think since he uh, gets that W, I think Buffalo is going to take the game uh, against Miami. Miami starting somebody that was just stocking shells three days ago. Uh, Skyler, somebody, but hey, good for him. He's getting a you shot. Know what's funny is his name sounds like a female porn star. <laughs> he's got he's got a lot of talent around, around him. If I go on Pornhub right now and type in Skyler Thompson, oh yeah, some, some not safe for work shit will come up within seconds. Absolutely, right, absolutely. Video. <laughs> no, that's all right. Uh, so now we're gonna go NFC, uh, Tampa Bay, Dallas. I got Tampa Bay. I got Brady playing well enough to edge that game out. Dak hasn't right. been playing well down the stretch here. He's throwing picks after picks after picks. So uh, Tampa Bay's defense pretty good. So I think they can make a difference if they get him to get a little jumpy back there. San Francisco over Seattle. I think that's going to be a pretty easy game. Geno Smith kind of renaissance man came out of nowhere. Good story. But San Francisco is just too talented at this point. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to go Homer here in this pick, obviously. Giants beating Mini going to the next round. I like where they're at. If Daniel Jones can just manage that game and Saquon can do something here and there, I think we can I think we can win. We played them pretty well in that in that in that last game and we only lost by a field goal that was I mean out of like three stadiums worth. I think that guy kicked it from so God bless him. But uh yeah, that's right, that's where I sit here so far uh through these these first couple rounds here. That's true, man. It seems like the Vikings always manage to just get by by the skin of their teeth every single week, even when they played the Jets, guys. So it's a great record, but a hard team to have a lot of faith in. What do you think, Sammy, man? You were the champ last year. What about your NFC picks here for the wild card game, Sammy? So my NFC, I'm, I'm pretty much aligned with the look. I got Tampa. I think that I think Tom Brady stays undefeated against Dallas. He just they looked so terrible. I've watched them for the past couple weeks. Um, they're just they're cold at the wrong time, unlike Jacksonville. Um, but I got Minnesota beating the Giants and continuing that trend. I just, I'm not a big believer in Daniel Jones. I think he's going to have to throw the football, and I don't think it's going to be good. <laughs> um, and, you know, I just, I'm sorry. Look, like, I love the squad. I love in New York, but I just, I'm not a believer. I don't know. And then I got Jacksonville, Cincinnati, and the Bills. I think those are the What about uh, Minnesota? Teams. I'm sorry. Bro. What about Minnesota and San Francisco, Sammy? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I I'm got, sorry. Get the one. San Francisco, Seattle. You got one. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue. Yeah. Um, so San Francisco, and then I've got Jacksonville over the chart. I think, again, hottest team in football right now. Mm. Um, 
the Bills over Miami because Miami's a dumpster fire. That game was horrendous to watch last week. And yeah. Cincinnati's hot, and I think they're going to take that easy win over Baltimore as well. What do you think, Mike, about this game? You think the Bills are just going to smash the Dolphins doors off in this? Um, yeah. I mean, the Dolphins shouldn't even be in the playoffs. They should. It's a, it's a, it's a embarrassment to moving to seventh seed, having scrub teams like the Dolphins get in there, but mm. having them lose again and not win a playoff game in over twenty something years is going to be going to be fun to watch. I, even though you know you already know how I feel about the Hill people, um, you know, starting in the NFC, uh, I wanted to say that from the beginning of the season, I didn't really do that well. I did pick the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl and have the number one seed. I did pick successfully the Vikings winning the North, and I got the Buccaneers in the playoffs. But I was wrong about the Rams, the Saints, the Packers, and the Panthers. You know, looking at looking at uh, Keith. Keith also successfully said that the Eagles were going to make it, but he also said San Francisco was going to make it too, which was really good. And he said the Buccaneers were going to win. And he had the Vikings, but he also had the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Packers. And we were wrong on that. So Packers, I'll just say now, guys, the Packers, I mean, I had to go to – did I have them winning the Super Bowl or going to the Super Bowl? I don't even remember. I, I, think, I, I don't know. Winning I don't think or... I had them winning. Maybe I haven't even winning it. All I know is I thought, man, it was going to come together for Aaron this year. Not so much. Um, that's why those preseed – the picks before the season, they don't even matter. Who cares about those? Don't even tune into those shows, guys. These are the ones <laughs> that matter now. <laughs> Continue, well, Mike. So, uh, starting off, Seattle at Niners. Niners are going to win that game. Uh, Giants at Vikings. I want to go Giants. The Vikings, to me, are two beasts. They're just two beasts. They have the best wide receiver in the game. They have a top five running back. They got Kirk Cousins, who is someone who executes terribly when it means much. But I just... There's too much talent there, and the only really great talent for the Giants is Saquon. Everybody else is very mediocre, so I'm taking the Vikings. I'm picking the talent. Um, Ravens are going to get stomped without Lamar. Um, I do think that the Cowboys are going to scrape the Buccaneers, and Tom Brady's going to go off, even though we already know how the uh, Cowboys have acted in the past. Um, And then, so that's the NFC. Now for the AFC, Chargers, I'm gonna beating the, the 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 Jaguars. I know they're home, but I just think the Chargers are a better team. I think that Herbert's a better quarterback at this point. I think Lawrence has a chance to become better than Herbert, but that isn't reality right now. Um, uh, again, Bills are gonna scrape the Dolphins, uh, and I already just cut co- and I covered the Bengals and, and Ravens. <clears throat> yeah, good job there, Michael. Um, man, yeah. I think that uh, on my picks here, I do think the Chargers are going to beat Jacksonville. But man, Jacksonville's playing so well. That's probably my toughest one, man, because Wookie made a good point how hot Jacksonville's been. I just don't know, man. When we get to the playoffs, things change. And the pressure changes and stuff. And Herbert doesn't have a lot of experience either. Um, that team as a whole, more than I like Jacksonville's team, which has been hot. But one of those games when they were hot was beating the garbage-ass Zach Wilson Jets in a monsoon. You know, so I mean... We'll see how good they are when it comes to playoff time, guys. Cincinnati's definitely taking a W versus Baltimore. I know Lamar Jackson's health. I mean, it's like, I don't know if they're being coy because he came out and he made a statement about his own health 
that then the coach was like, oh, I didn't know that. Jim Harbaugh kind of disputed out a very strange situation going on there. But I don't think he's playing Mike like you mentioned. And they're going to get smashed. The doors will get blown off. Buffalo's going to smash Miami. Not really much to talk about there. I think Tampa Bay, Dallas, um, I, I don't know, guys. Tampa Bay and Tom Brady are hard to bet against. But every time I watch them this year, they did not look good. And they played good at the end of the season. No, Dak is not great. But if they're able to run the ball on Tampa Bay, which is not easy, that run defense is tremendous. I don't know. I I just, in my head, always think, look, as a Giants fan, you probably love a Dallas can never get anything done in the playoffs. But they have always had this, this team that looks like it's going to be pretty good, and they never do anything. So in my mind, I think Dallas is going to get the win this game, man. I think I might be the only one that picked Dallas, but I think they're going to win the game. Me, me and Mike spoke about this earlier, the Giants and Minnesota game. And I was feeling good about the Giants, but I think the last game was a close one. Um, I think this one will probably be a close one too, but at home, I think that maybe the Vikings by a field goal again, another heartbreaker for the Giants. I'm going to pick the Vikings there. Then, of course, San Francisco is going to whoop up on Seattle. That's not, that's not going to be pretty. That, that's going to be ugly, that game, guys. So I think some of these games have been difficult. Some of these games are um, a little more, a little harder to pick this year. Sammy, just so you know, if you don't see him, if you're watching on YouTube, he has date night with the wife, bro. Right, so he's out with the wife right now. Um, let's go to the second round games here, Wookie. Um, should we do them all? Should we just go through them all, Mike, or should we wait? What do you think? Um, well, we can wait, and then once we get the results of the wild card, then we could just forecast to the Super Bowl. All right, that's better. We'll do yeah. that. We'll do that instead of going through the whole thing right now without Sam here. Yeah. Um, that's our first round picks here, guys. I think it's going to be fun week. I do think that um, when it all shakes out on my on my second round, at least, guys, my second round looks like this: Chiefs, Chargers, Cincinnati, Buffalo. We get the game we didn't get the other day. And then you have Philly, Dallas, and Minnesota, San Francisco. That would, if, if my picks work out, those second-round games are beast mode. Not that there's any bad games you could have, but I don't think anybody really wants to see the Seahawks get an upset. I know people like Geno, but no one, no one's trying to see them make a run. You know, as anybody that lives in Seattle, I don't think anyone gives two shits about Miami either, guys. Um, but the rest of the teams that are really sexy teams with really good storylines, all attached to them in one way or the other, and the Giants included. Look, we were back in the playoffs after a playoff drought. And I said this to Mike earlier. I want to give the Giants some props, Mike, because I feel like the G-Men look or that team that they're pretty – like if they were a fighter in a fighting game, like you wouldn't have any stat that would be all the way up to 100, but everything like down the line would be solid. Like Mike said, yeah. Mike said, Mike said kind of average, but sometimes in the NFL, if you're kind of average everywhere, you're going to beat another team because most teams have deficiencies somewhere. You know, I yeah. don't think the Giants have any major deficiency. And Daniel Jones hasn't been hasn't been amazing, but he's been way better than in the past and limited those mistakes. So I don't I wasn't trying to share the G Man. I think you guys have a really good chance oh, to win no. this game. Look, I really do. Um, I just think that Minnesota with Cook and Jefferson, the defense stinks. You guys can light them up on the defensive end of the ball, but um, I don't know. This should be a lot of fun. It should be a lot of fun. This I mean, I mean, I wish the Jets were in there. I wish we were talking about our first Jet playoff game in 12 years, Mike. The- I'll come next year. We've, we'll go on year six of the podcast. Potentially yep. could finally get a playoff game next year. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we'll get one next year, hopefully. <clears throat> yeah, been a lot of games. I'm going to add up the win-loss record since me and you started doing this uh, one day and figure out what the story is here, guys. But uh-huh. um, I think we got to everything for now. Well, after these playoff, after these wildcard games, I should say, we'll be here to chop it up with you guys next week. Talk any, Anything that develops between now and next week with the Jets, we'll be here to talk about that too, Michael. If anyone does want to get at us and support us in any way, shape, or form, how could they do that? Hey, guys, we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe. We're on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, on behalf of the great end football history, the big Wookiee, Nick Kronk, 
My name is Keith Farrell. Get after next week, everybody. Peace out.